Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. Magic is power. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? Happy New Year, Pat. Yeah, how you how you doing in 2020, bro? I'm doing great. It's not officially here yet because of the magic of time travel with podcasts, but I'm sure the future's great and the world didn't like end on 2020 or anything like that. We're we're entering into the year of merit lage. I think it's it's wonderful. Is that is that like on the uh, the Chinese zodiac? It's the year of merit lage. Yeah, 2020 is the year that the Eldritch Horror comes for us all. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Well, I mean, uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. It's it's about what I expected, you know, considering all things. Yeah, we had a good run. We had a good run. I, I for one, welcome our Eldrazi overlords. <laughs> how was your, uh, your Christmas? Uh, my Christmas was good. My Christmas was nice. good. I, uh, I got myself a new computer, you know, because... The presents that you give yourself are way better than anything you get from anyone of else. Of course, I saw the triple mon- the triple monitor set up was pretty oh, interesting. Oh yeah, triple monitor. I am ready. I'm I'm ready to be enveloped by my magic online experience. You know, I need. <laughs> so basically, what you're saying is you're playing you're paying you're playing Moto right now, recording this podcast, and also playing Eve. Right? You're just mining ants. Yeah, but I, I have Moto set to full screen across all three monitors. I, I need the 180 degree experience to get full full uh, awareness of the board state. Yeah, it's good to have all your permanents from Sneak and Show on the board, where you can see a land, like a land, a lotus petal, a sneak and sneak attack, or a show and tell sneak attack. Yeah, you it, need all it that gets, stuff. It gets it all six, all five permanents you normally have on the board. It gets overwhelming when they're uh, all on the same screen, man. Like I really need to spread it out, otherwise, yeah, my brain has trouble comprehending them all in one place. That makes it that that makes a lot of sense when you show up to a tournament and you take a whole eight foot table to yourself. <laughs> yeah, I just kick the other players off the table. I'm like, you guys can play on the floor. Get the hell out. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> I've played Legacy before. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, um, let's see. Um, so this is our. We had a little break uh, around Christmas. Uh, accidentally, it was not intentional, but it worked out just fine. Um, I fell asleep. I don't think we told anyone, but I. No. <laughs> Do I want? Do we want to? Do I want to go into that yeah, story? No, you you fell asleep, Pat. There's not a story involved. We were going to record, yeah. and you fell asleep. <laughs> so yeah, I was reading Liam's a bedtime story. He asked me if I could cuddle him for a little while. I'm like, I can definitely do that. It was like seven o'clock, seven thirty, and I closed my eyes and I opened them, and it was ten thirty. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> something's happened. Pat uh, has like a second worried wife. I'm over here texting. It's like, are you good? Are you are you yep. there? Hello, what's going on? Do you need help? <laughs> Should I call someone? The police so are on their way. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I slept, and then uh, we decided because of the holiday and all that stuff, and we didn't want to ask Justin to edit on Christmas Day, although I'm sure he would love to do it. Um, you know, we didn't want to put him in that position. So we just we just skipped last week, which was good. And uh, now we're back in this week, and we got uh, New Year's in a couple days. And, uh, yeah, when you guys are hearing this, it'll be 2020. It'll be regular in the New Year. Yeah, we tried to get an episode last week, guys, but uh, Justin called OSHA on us, and they shut us down. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it happens. It happens. Uh, let's see. Uh, new patrons. I uh, want to thank Josh Miller and Jack Kendall for joining the Patreon family. Uh, if you guys want to join and support the podcast, it means a whole lot. We can always use new supporters. Um, you can visit patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. And let's see. Other housekeeping. Uh, the LAL Open is coming up very soon. It's February 1st. Right around the corner. Um, I'm going to drop the... I'm gonna, Yep, I'm going to drop the link in the show notes, and I know we are working on, we're, we're trying to email a couple artists to see if we can get someone to come out for that, it would be pretty cool, and um, and what else, uh, we're, try- we're working on pre-registration for the event as well, so yep. I think we should have that up and going, probably by the time you hear this podcast. Uh, also, we tried to get it for last time, but so I guess something happened, but this time we're also going to try and get a little uh, food truck plaza, uh, so people get some good food and not just, you know, pizza or, you know, whatever the fastest cheap thing nearby is right right that'll be awesome i'm I'm really looking forward to it i think we're going to be stepping it up to a new level and uh should be a really good time yep. so, oh so also wait. don't forget pat we have the legacy unchained side event 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. Do you want to explain what that yeah, is? So we're going to do, I don't know if it's going to end up being single elimination, probably depends on interest, but we're going to do a side event, Legacy Unchained, where uh, greatly reduced banned and restricted list uh, for uh, Legacy. Basically, the only banned cards are going to be the Power Nine, Library of Alexandria, Bazaar of Baghdad, and Mishra's Workshop. And mm-hmm. everything else is legal. So if you have that crazy brew that runs Skull Clamp uh, or Survival <laughs> of Fittest or, you know, you just want to kind of take a legacy up to the max, this is your chance to uh, get a little action with some cards that you can't normally play in the format. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I'm, I'm really interested to see what decks kind of come out of it. Um, there's a couple people that have talked to me about it already that are really excited and been brewing. So uh, I think we're going to see some spice out of it. Awesome. Should be a good time. Hell yeah. All right. Well, uh, do you want to introduce our guest this week? We'll get right into the episode. Yeah. Uh, joining us once again, coming back on, our old friend from the Magic Online uh, Battlegrounds, we have the one and only Lewis CBR. Michael Lewis, what's going on, man? Hello, hello, guys. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, it's been like a full year. Here, wait a second. Know, wait a second. Right? I just went, hello, hello. You know, you know, like every guest, when they come on here, you know, they like they think about way too hard how they're going to say hello. Um, that was too British of me. Let's back it up. That, or give me give me another intro. I'm going to do it again real quick. It was so nice. You did it twice. Welcome back, Michael Lewis. Well, hello there, gentlemen. Uh, Wait, that's the second yeah, that's run? The second one. Is that better? <laughs> you just sound like Mrs. Doubtfire there. <laughs> well, hello! Well, then we'll scrap the whole idea. I'm here. Thank you once again. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's been a full year, so a lot has happened. And we can talk about maybe the online meta a little bit. There's a huge tournament coming up. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. a big baseball fan, and the Nationals just won the World Series, and that's my team. So we're excited about that. Uh, whatever, whatever you guys are thinking about, we can, we can jam. Hell yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I definitely want to talk about the online meta because the magic online meta is kind of its own unique beast as far as, uh, legacy metas go, but also, yeah, we got a major tournament on the horizon. Actually, I think it's taking place, uh, the day after this episode comes out. So let's dive into that first. Okay. So yeah, coming up January 5th. Uh, I guess it's on Sunday. So it, whenever this, if your podcast comes oh, out on so yes, Friday so or Saturday. Two, days, so, two yeah. days after this episode comes but out. But it is still going to be this Sunday on January 5th is the culmination of like a year-long tournament series that they did online. Yeah. And this is the first time they're doing it, right? Like they announced this uh, a year ago and this is kind of the fruition of everything coming together. Yeah. It's funny because that's why I reached out to you because when I was on the cast a year ago, uh, this had just been announced. So we talked about it a little bit. Um, and now it's like, it's come full circle. So here we are again. Uh, and what we had talked about was every quarter they held a legacy tournament online and the top eight of those tournaments were invited to the finals. And now the finals is coming up on January 5th. So originally it was just supposed to be four tournaments, one every quarter and the top eight moved on. So this finals was supposed to be 32 people and uh, closed cap, like not an open tournament whatsoever. But they did do like a bonus tournament. So they uh, they had an extra eight people come in. So now there were five tournaments, five top eights, and we're down to the final 40 people here. That's exciting. Um, so <laughs> were you just joking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this is, well, this is a real thing. <laughs> a little bit. He, he thought we were going to go on a longer diet, like a longer uh, soliloquy, I guess. Jerry <laughs> wasn't prepared for that. Well, the bonus one kind of caught people by surprise because what ended up happening was for the uh, for like the Q2 tournament, the second quarter one, the modern one like capped, and everybody freaked out and they were messaging Magic and Wizards. They're like this tournament. I can't get into it. Like it's you should have it to be with more people. So they felt bad. So they decided to do a bonus tournament for all the formats, not just modern. Oh. Yeah. So uh, in between like the Q3 and Q4, there was like a bonus tournament. And uh, <laughs> what was funny about it, though, is that we, when we were talking about it, we, we weren't really sure how big these were going to be because it you needed like 30 qualifier points to play. And you earned qualifier points through the challenges and through leagues and things like that. So everybody was speculating, well, like how big are these, tor- these quarterly tournaments going to be? Um, 
I originally thought they were going to be maybe like less than a challenge, but I was way wrong mm-hmm. on that. And they end up being at like two to three times as big as a challenge. If a uh, So like if, if any given weekend challenge is about 80 or 90 people, these quarterly tournaments were more like 200 people. What do you think was the draw for that? Why do you think people were so interested in playing those quarterlies over the challenges? You know, maybe because it was new and maybe because it fed into this finals and there's supposed to be some pretty cool prizes. I'm not quite sure if they've listed what the prizes are going to be. But I know that like one thing that they had mentioned is that everybody that's in this 40-man tournament, you get like a special avatar, which some people may or may not use. But then at least it's going to be like exclusive. Like you just know that you are in the legacy finals and you have this cool avatar mm-hmm. to show for it. And just being in the tournament, there should be some play points uh, no matter what place you get. And if you top eight it, hopefully it's a lot of play points, maybe some chess the winner of this is going to get a, a pro tour invite. So uh, everybody that's in this tournament is, you know, a 40 man person tournament away from being on the pro tour. That's pretty cool. I think it also coincides really with uh, a lack of other major competitive venues for legacy. Um, like we said, the winner of this gets an invite to the pro tour um, with the reduction in GPs across the board, not just legacy GPs, but uh, everywhere, you know, this is one of the very few ways that you can actually get a pro tour invite 100% through legacy exclusively. Yeah. And from the comfort of your own home, if you're a legacy aficionado, then you can log in and try to make the pro tour from home. So I think that's like, you know, that's relatively new. I think when arena came out, you can make the pro tour through arena and moto is now having some, like a lot more PTQs and things also. But I think just qualifying online is just kind of a, a new thing and it's, and it's cool. And a lot of, a lot of guys like me who don't have a lot of time to go to GPs or go to paper PTQs, it, it's cool to be able to, to get your shot. Um, what's interesting about this though, is the list of people who have made it is, uh, is like, there's some substantial names here. Do you want me to run through some of them? Yeah, please do. Wait the list of players. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, just your Q1, the, the first quarter winner was your boy, Tom Hep playing uh bug depths and actually in the second quarter one he top eight it again so the person who got ninth in the second quarter tournament got to move on because tom because oh. tom top eighted twice <laughs> uh that's a real feel good for the ninth place you like usually the story is the heartbreak like getting pushed out in ninth place on breakers but this case uh ninth place was good good enough for the golds <laughs> yeah hopefully that guy knows that because he's in and whether he's gonna show up on sunday or not who knows <laughs> oh man that's gonna be terrible if they didn't know that <laughs> let's see also in q1 though there was you know pro player mpl competitor michael bondi made it um a, a heavily known streamer, Bara. His name is like Mark Koenig. He made it. Yeah. Um, everybody's favorite sneak and show player, JPA93, also top eighted in the first <laughs> quarter. Uh, someone that you've had on the cast a lot, Chase Hansen, Strifo. He yep. also top eighted the first quarter. I mean, that's some big names right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, John Hamilton, also known as XJ Cloud. These are a lot of like moto names that you know people may or may not know, but uh, a very good Death and Taxes player. Uh, the uh, <laughs> I don't even know if he the Slovakian Slayer Alas Sidler, better known as Archon. He uh, he's in it <laughs> as of like he made the Q two top eight. Uh, Stefan Schultz, his name is now, online. Is he allowed to bring a lightsaber to the tournament? I don't know. It's, I mean, he'll be waving one whether he's allowed or not. Like <laughs> if you're in your one underwear at home playing on Moto, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> That's true. That's the draw. <laughs> uh, Mental misstep. His real name is Stefan Schultz, a real good player. He made it with Maverick. We'll go over some of the archetypes who made it, I guess, afterwards. I've, I've got this all mapped out. I got a list of all 40 players. <laughs> I have a list of everything that they qualified with. Now, whether or not they actually played the decks that they qualified with, I'm sure people are going to switch decks. In fact, some people are going to have to switch decks due to like bannings and things like that. But, um, right. but there's some interesting things uh, for these top 40 people. Uh, Bob yeah. Hoang made it. Mm-hmm. Grizzlepuff, he was playing Sneak and Show. Nice. Uh, let's see, Rich Callie, uh, his online name is yep. Learn to Love. Uh, yep. Matt Vuk, he, Ozzy Man Diaz, a, a big four color loan player. Yeah. Um, Jarvis Yu, Samwise Gigi, is going to be beating some people. I made it on the third quarter one. So, the, so, all right, so this is where it comes full circle also, because when I was on your cast a year ago, 
I got I a little bit. All right. Yeah. I got I a little bit cocky. <laughs> I wanted to talk about this. Yep. Go on. <laughs> I said that I felt like I was a 32 person tournament away from the pro tour. And I got a lot of <laughs> flack from that. A lot of my friends were like, you think you're just going to top eight one of these? Like, these are way harder than you think they are. Blah, blah, blah. And they were totally right. This is way, it was way harder than I thought they were. There are 200, <laughs> 200 people in these tournaments. You know, anything can happen. Um, and I, fe- I scrubbed out of the first quarter one pretty quickly. The second quarter one, I think I was out of town and I couldn't even make it. But then I spiked the third quarter one, so I did top eight that one. So I'm, I'm fucking playing in this 40, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I have a really good chance, but that's, that's uh, something else. <laughs> uh, hey, your newest Patreon, Jack Kendall, an Elves player. He made it from the bonus oh, tournament. Oh, yeah, congrats. Look at that. That's awesome. So it just goes to show, listeners, if you donate to uh, Leaving a Legacy. <laughs> you will get on these special invite uh, <laughs> tournaments. <laughs> a guy I talk to occasionally in Delver Chat, Sorbo1. His name is Victor. He's going to be in it. Um, some names you might recognize like Coke, MTG, Lee J. I don't know what their real names are. Uh, a, a well-known Brazilian player, Leiwer, Tiago Duarte is going to be playing. He's like a big, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. a big tournament organizer down there also. So I think yeah. like, when the Brazilian nationals were going on, I think he top eight of that also. So definitely a guy to be reckoned with. I mean, there's not going to be any easy round in this entire thing. No, everyone in this tournament is going to be playing at the top of their game. Yeah, and I think that's most of the names I recognize, uh, but pretty solid list. I think when it, when you're talking about a 40-man tournament, there's going to be six rounds and then a top eight. So there is going to be a quick little Swiss. Um, a couple four twos will slide in, but you can guarantee it if you 5-1 probably. But it, it's going to be tough. There's not going to be any, any gimmies. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about the meta of this tournament because this is very unique as far as tournaments go mm-hmm. in the fact that uh, Magic Online Beyond Paper, a lot of people will research their opponents. I know a lot of streamers will do it and people have different opinions on like the morals of this, but you get paired against someone and they'll hop over to MTG Goldfish and they'll copy and paste the player's name into mtg goldfish and you know see if they have any results with the decks to get an idea of what their deck is then have the deck list right in front of them like it's a very different experience from uh paper magic where you don't have those resources at your fingertips yeah and you know like the uh you know these tournaments uh were published a couple days after they were done so yeah what everybody qualified with is public information so i did go and copy down the top eight of each one to see what they were playing. And like, like you had said, whether or not these guys are going to stay on these decks or not is going to be the question. But a lot of people, you know, like Chase Hansen, you know he's going to play Strife Pile of some kind. Um, yeah, yeah. XJ Cloud, probably 90% he's going to be on Death and Taxes, although I have seen him play Bomberman online. So there's, there's a little bit of wiggle room with some of these. And I think like someone like Bob Huang, he's normally just, he wants to play the deck that gives him the best shot. He qualified with Sneak and Show. But I know that he's played a lot of depths lately also, as has your boy Tom Hep. So, like, there are some people who you, you might you, – you'll have a little bit of an advantage if you did a little bit of research. Bob is one of those players, though, where he can pick up, you know, anything. You know, I've seen Bob play everything from Sneak and Show, and he really made a name for himself with Blue Red Delver when, during the Treasure Cruise days. Yeah, and then he, did, uh, but- he switched over to the Grixis Delver when, when Death Rite Shaman was dominating also. So actually, I kind of knew him as a Delver player, but now yeah. I've learned that he does just play what he thinks is – uh, the best position right now. Exactly. Cause like I've also, last time I hung out with Bob, he was on aggro loam. Mm-hmm. So Bob really is one of those players that he'll just play whatever he thinks is going to give him the best chance of that trophy. Yeah. So, um, there are going to be those players that have their signature decks. Like I would be very, very surprised if JPA does not sleeve up some variant of show and tell yeah. at this tournament. And, uh, but that, uh, and like you run into these guys a lot in the leagues and, you know, I've been testing pretty heavily the last week. And these guys have been testing pretty heavily. And I've seen JPA play nothing but sneak and show when I've run into him this week. So. <laughs> uh, it, I guess it does give you a little bit of relief, though. Like, you don't have to worry about, uh, like, trying to disguise your opening plays. You're like, nope, I'm no, I know what I'm here for. They know what I'm here for. I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> yeah. Let's break this down a little bit. So what I have listed is out of the 40 decks, there were 28 fair decks and 12 combo decks. Uh, so that is, well, I didn't do the percentage, but. Well, 
I, I would say that's about it, it, what I would expect if you break the fair decks from aggro to control. Yeah, like, like uh, a that's third probably aggro, true. a third control, a third combo. Uh, funnily enough, the deck that qualified the most, Death and Taxes had seven people qualify. So that was like 17.5% of the 40 decks. Which is funny because I feel 2019 was not a very favorable year to Death and Taxes. I feel Death and Taxes was out of the meta for a lot of the year. Yeah, maybe if I did a little more research into it, like was it early in the year before like Ren and Six came to power or something? Because that's when Death and Taxes just went away. Um, yeah. And that was an, is another point. There were five Rub Delver decks that qualified me being one of them. So now everybody that was on Rug Delver, I think was during the Ren and Six meta or era. So now we all have to find different decks then. So those are all going to be different. Right. Um, there were five blue-red Delver decks, which is one that I'm considering heavily, what I've been playing lately. I kind of really like where blue-red is at as far as Delver decks go. Um, and let's see, there were also... No, I guess the next highest at that point, there are three Mavericks. Ooh, but see, when you add those together, so seven Death and Taxes and three Mavericks, that's 10 out of the 40 decks are like Thalia decks. So like it, you had said, in these small tournaments that you have to metaphor, I might have a sideboard that's way different than I would play in a league because a quarter of my games or my matches might be against a Thalia deck. Yeah. That is uh, that is definitely something to consider. Am like, I going to need more... some extra fork bolts? Am I going to need some extra artifact removal? Like that's kind of the things that we have to decide. Yeah, it goes beyond just deck type. It comes down to individual card types and flex spots, and especially sideboards. Yeah, um, a couple things that I noticed were there were no lands players that qualified. There were only two graveyard decks that qualified. One reanimator and uh well three i'm sorry two dredges and one reanimator so it's like as i'm thinking about this do i skimp on some graveyard hate like it it would open up some sideboard slots for some other things like i mean there's only one storm deck only one ant made it and oh and one tez okay so two storms Uh, like it's as you go through these it's like i definitely want to tweak my sideboard to be towards this uh tournament but i'm just it's just so hard to know where to start. What did uh, Jarvis uh, top eight with? Because I always kind of as- uh, associate Jarvis with lands. Yeah, but he was playing uh, Rug Delver at the point. This, uh, okay. Yeah, during the, this was on the third quarter tournament, and half the top eight was Rug Delver, uh, and me being one of them. So me and Jarvis and a couple other people were on Rug. Uh, and th- that was like at its peak bustedness. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, so since you're in that seat of the rug Delver, uh, player, um, what do you think most people are going to gravitate towards? Do you think there's a one best deck in the format right now? Yeah. So like the online meta in general, well, for Delver players specifically, uh, I've been dabbling in a lot of stuff. Like I, I've tried rug without red and six thinking that maybe Oko could just slide in there and it would be just fine. Uh, and it's really not. But then there's also Grixis Delver has done really well lately in a couple tournaments. So that caught my attention. And then Blue Red Delver is probably performing the best for me right now, uh, which is interesting because it'll occasionally still top eight some stuff, but it just hasn't been as popular as Grixis lately. I've tried Death's Shadow. I'm all over the place, but I think (laughs) as far as Delver players go, everybody's looking at Grixis right now and probably Blue Red are the two that are... Uh, Mm -hmm. the main Delver variants. I I mean, Rug sounded like it would be sweet because Rug are the only colors where you could play Dreadhorde Arcanist, Veil of Summer, and Oko. And I'm thinking, like, those are the three busted cards right now. Um, Like, this should be the combination. But it just felt like it just was a little clunky. I think just playing too many three drops like Oko and Brazen Borrowers, it, it was tough to protect your lands. I think that's the spot that Delver people are in right now is that I mean, the, like in between a rock and a hard place to where we used to have DRS, which helped protect your mana because it was a mana dork. Uh, Red and six, you didn't care if you got wastelanded because you would just grow it back and you were good to go. But nowadays, whenever I play Rug or Grixis and I don't have a way to protect my lands, like if I'm not playing Red and six and I'm not playing DRS and I'm not playing like Stifles, then I feel like I just get wastelanded all to hell in like every other matchup. So I, I'm getting really frustrated with the three color Delver decks without a way to protect my lands, which is why I'm gravitating towards blue red. Cause you play basics and you can actually cast your spells. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Well, you could always sleeve up some, uh, what is it? Teferi's response that, uh, that old gem. <laughs> <laughs> 
the uh, whatever you know counter target like direct for 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 land destruction basically. Yeah, it's it's uh, I think it's counter. Tar- yeah, it's either misdirect or counter target activated ability that targets the land you control and then draw a card. Yeah, <laughs> one of the decks in the meta now that I think is really good is the four color Bant Miracles deck, and there were no Miracles players who qualified for this tournament. But there's but there's got to be. I mean, someone's going to play that deck because I mean, snow control, whether it's like Bant based splashing red or whether it's Grixis based splashing green, those seem to be everywhere lately. Um, everyone's mm. playing Astrolabe, everyone's playing Basics, and everyone's playing Oko. So it's just like you can only take the results from these tournaments with a grain of salt because I feel like I need to prepare for four color miracles, and that might be Delver's hardest matchup right now. Um, so that's why maybe I won't play Delver. I, I like, there's just so many thoughts going on in my head right now on how to attack this, um, this meta. Can I just say four color miracles offends me? <laughs> like oh, it's an the, abomination. Like, just, like where, where we've come in legacy <laughs> that like we go in for like miracles, which was like a, like at points in the meta was the most basic heavy deck, uh, that you could see in the meta. And now it's just like this abomination of four colors. What happened to the traditional blue white guys? <laughs> hey, but what if I told you that it's still probably the most basic heavy deck? In the I meta? know, right? <laughs> That's, that's how ridiculous Astrolabe is. I feel yeah. like, I mean, if, if you want to switch gears and talk about, I mean, 2019, it's been a full year since I've been on this show. And we've had a full 2019 of just ridiculous cards. And now we're at the point where, uh, you know, Ren 6 got banned and everyone is just screaming for something else. And I, we don't know if it's going to be Oko or Astrolabe or Veil of Summer. Like all of these cards are just bonkers. And maybe that's just where Magic is headed. Like they just want to print really powerful cards and the older cards just aren't going to be as good and if that's the way the game is going that's that's fine but i still feel like we just need some tools to battle some of these cards like i just i mean oko has stabilized against me on some ridiculous board states where i'm just you know when when you're at a point where you're ahead in the game and you're both kind of top decking and you think to yourself all right what's going to beat me what's going to beat me you're like all right i could beat a jace i could beat a teferi i could beat like even a Wrath of God, I'm probably going to be okay. But then fucking Oko comes down and just, like, takes over. You cannot beat it. It's unbelievable. So sometimes. <laughs> it really is true. Also, people underestimate the usefulness of food tokens. The number of games I've had snatched away from me from my opponent gaining life off of the food tokens is super annoying. Yeah, and that's one of the circumstances I was talking about. It's like when you're beating down a Miracles player with a True Name Nemesis, and the only thing that they can beat you with traditionally has been like Terminus, but you're protecting against Terminus or you're finding ways to, and you're just chipping away at three. It's like Oko comes down and suddenly it's like, you're nullified there. You can't attack the Oko because it takes, it's way too much life. And if you continue attacking the player, they just, they just gain three life every turn. It, ah, man, I don't know what to do about that card. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, interesting. <laughs> That is kind of an interesting point that you brought up is like, maybe this is just the future of magic. I feel like they've been transforming the game in the last couple of years. Yeah. Like a lot of it, you know, they want it to be more creature based. They want it to be more planeswalker based. Um, And then people were complaining about that. So they gave us some really cool spells like Veil of Summer, but it's like, you know, the more people complain and we want powerful stuff and then powerful stuff comes and then we complain that we want it banned. So it's almost like the people are hard to please. But some of these cards are pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going to just tell Wizards, uh, stop listening. Stop. <laughs> like, like a person is smart. People are dumb. Stop listening to the people. <laughs> I mean, there was a point in my Rug Delver deck where I was looking at it and I was like, wow, I have like 10 Modern Horizon cards in this 75. Like when has a set ever injected that many cards into a legacy deck? Let alone a single, a single legacy deck. <laughs> <laughs> like like 10 cards from a single set yeah. making it into a single legacy deck. Like and that's unheard of for like the format, let alone a single deck. <laughs> so it's not quite as high with my like blue red Delver, for example, deck now, but like, so Dreadhorde Arcanist, I think might be the future of Delver. The card is just really good. Like, I think everybody's afraid of it. All the archetypes I'm thinking like, uh, like it's good against combo. Cause it like finds you more forces. It's good against spare decks. Cause it just, draws it or it just like bolts more of their creatures like i can't think of a single thing that dreadhorde arcanist does poorly besides it doesn't activate the first time you cast it i guess like 
But once it gets rolling, that card is insane. Yeah. Now, as far as you know, all these decks because uh, I think there was I think it was GP Bologna. Like thirty three percent of the decks had uh, cards that were printed in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. What do you think are going to be the most impactful twenty nineteen cards in this tournament? Yeah. So I like okay, so here here are my my thoughts right now are that the decks that I need to watch out for are probably the four color Bant Miracles deck and also Hogak. Like Hogak was a thing when it first came out because it destroyed modern to where they had to ban Hogak after a couple tries, right? They, they banned Bridge from a Below and then they finally were like, okay, fine, we'll ban Hogak. Uh, Hogak is obviously still legal in Legacy and it's been doing really well in some of the online prelims lately. So that's a new thing. Now there are these online prelim tournaments, but that's a different topic. And Hogag has been doing pretty well in them. So I feel like a lot of people might gravitate towards that because it just beats up on Fair Blue. So besides Hogag and Four Color Miracles, but what is Four Color Miracles playing from 2019 that's scary? It's it's Veil of Summer and Oko. Um, mm. And you're seeing both of those cards all over the place. I mean, Veil of Summer is now a combo card, but it's also in a control deck. I just... There's not many cards that you see that that play both sides like that. Um, Delver has tried to incorporate it, but I feel like it's it just hasn't worked. Both Oko and Vela Summer just feel like they're better control cards than they are tempo aggro cards, and uh, and then Vela is just great in combo. So I think you just have to be aware of these green power cards lately. Yeah, uh, it definitely feels like uh, the, we talked about that with Gavin when he was on a couple episodes ago. Um, that the dial just got turned really heavily in Green's favor this year. Yeah, Force of Vigor is another one where uh, mm-hmm. you know, like Graph Digger's Cage used to be lights out against Dredge, but now they just pack four Force of Vigors in the side. And even if you have a Leyline and a Graph Digger's Cage, they can kill both of them in one, yeah. in one thing. It's like, what? <laughs> How do you even fight this stuff anymore? I don't know. I've yeah. talked. I've talked to a lot of people who are just like you know, with the new London Mulligan too. Maybe it's just best to be as unfair as possible. But I still haven't jumped on board. I'm still. I mean, if if Delver has plenty of unfair cards that are free to cast, also, but I, that's about. I'm still like riding the Delver wave, trying to figure out what can beat this stuff. Yeah, it's interesting you brought up Hogak because uh, I've been talking to my friend Josh, um, and he is devouring legacy content right now. Like he is a man on a mission. Um, he really wants to get you know up his play uh, and be better at the game. And so he's been basically watching every stream he can, reading every article he can. You know, he is scouring the internet for all information legacy. So I like talking to him about like what he's seeing out there. And he brought that up to me the other day: is that the thing everyone's sleeping on right now is dredge you know he's not seeing very much dredge out there but when he does see it it's winning games and it is pulling off some pretty insane plays with hogak and force of vigor to get some you know really come from behind wins yeah these graveyard decks it's it's one of those things where people say you know graveyards easy to, like if graveyard gets too popular it's easy to beat you could always play your four ley lines and a couple cages and the deck is done but does mm-hmm. every deck want to like have six sideboard cards for graveyard uh and and the answer is no people are playing two or three and then a deck like dredge or hogak just eats alive these fair blue decks you you know what uh graveyard based decks are is it's herd immunity (laughs) everyone is relying on the other people at the tournament (laughs) to have enough graveyard hate in their sideboard to deal with the graveyard decks so that they don't have to later on in the tournament yeah it's it's so funny you say that and when enough yeah and when when enough people rely on herd immunity just like with like vaccinations (laughs) when enough people rely on it the whole system collapses and graveyard decks are just monsters for a couple weeks (laughs) and then everyone realizes like oh shit we have these things for a reason we better you know vaccinate that's why (laughs) for like for as much as i complain about combo decks i feel like the really fast combo decks keep the graveyard decks under control because that's that's their hardest matchup like is is reanimator or i mean i guess that is a graveyard deck but like storm is normally going to beat dredge and hogak and and decks like that but then reanimator is good against storm i don't know there there you know there's this big paper rock scissors game that's constantly going on and 
for some, I mean, for some reason, magic has been relatively in balance for how many years now? So like, I guess you just got to let the process do it, like work itself out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but so it sounds like when you're reading off the list for this uh, tournament, sneak and show sounds like one of the most common, or I guess depths would be the most common combo. deck. Yeah, I have two sneak and shows. Let's see how to combo, you know, combo is pretty spread out. There is. A couple depths. Uh, if you if you add up all the depths together, you're like, there's four depths deck and then two sneak and shows. And then the rest of it real quick is just, there was one reanimator, one ant, and one Tez. That's your that's your 12 combo decks that I identify. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah, pretty, pretty fairly spaced out. As but well then as is depths really as good as it used to be? I think, so now we've turned a corner in the online meta a little bit to where a lot of Delver decks are playing Brazen Barrer. So, like, Merit Lodge is not quite as scary as it used to be. And I've heard that, like, maybe Depths is not the boogeyman. Like, I would agree with your opener when you guys were talking it's going to be the year of Merit Lodge. Like, that might have been early 2019, but I, it's it's been balanced out a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I only meant in reference to the 2020. That was the only reason. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Well, that's another, it, was not a, it was not a metagame prediction, full disclosure. Well, they called me stupid. I did not pick up on that. No, 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 no. 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 I mean, that would have been, you're, you're just you're way overestimating, overestimating my ability in, in predicting anything. <laughs> Pat's like, there was no depth to that statement at all. <laughs> no, it was, it was merely a 2020. <laughs> I was making a pun. <laughs> I was thinking, man, these guys have no idea what they're talking about. They think that death <laughs> is going to be the deck of 2020. What is going on here? I mean, that's also not necessarily untrue. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're spot on with that one for sure. But you see, I say that, but then here, Tom Hep, you know, qualified in Q1 with depths and he top eighted in Q2 with depths. And hey, who's the trophy leader right now? It's fucking Tom Hep with depths. So maybe Tom Hep is just a really good magic player, or maybe depths is busted. I'm not sure which. Could be a little column A, a little column B. Shout out to Tom Hep for selling me a invite to this uh, to this 20k that's coming up. Oh, that's awesome! Is he going? Yeah, apparently he's going. He bought like a couple extra tickets. I tried to sign up yesterday, and the thing sold out already. So Tom, oh, yeah. Tom was like, "Hey, I got a couple extra. I got you covered." And I was like, "Sweet, all right, we're good to go." <laughs> Tom's for Tom the, is the best. Yeah, Jerry and I are the, both going to that event as well. Oh no! Nice. Uh, okay. By the way, Pat, I only got one. Sorry. No. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss you, Jerry. <laughs> I hope you have a good time. <laughs> well, at don't home. worry. I got on the Whoa. waiting list. I, I I emailed the guy, and I was like, "Hey, I'm Louis CBR. Like, come on." But he was. <laughs> <laughs> didn't work out he's like you know this is a paper you know this is a paper event right <laughs> yeah <laughs> but he was like he's like michael you're on the uh, you're on the wait list and i was like sweet but you know that's gonna come up so uh the xj cloud guy he's in a chat that i was talking to and he said that this guy jeremy who puts on this tournament he's like people drop all the time and there's always a wait list he's like don't oh, worry yeah. like if if you get on the wait list early you'll be fine like it's He's like, don't worry about it. So I think so. If I get this, so so Tom is going to sell me his. But then if I come up on the wait list, I can hook you up, uh, Jerry. Don't worry. Or a Pat <laughs> oh, no, <is>, uh, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> we got him. We got him. I just I just like to make Pat sweat. <laughs> yeah, just email the guy and be like, hey, do you know what's going on here? We're the leaving a legacy uh, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know, this is a paper event, right? <laughs> this, ain't <laughs> us. this ain't no podcast. Yeah, now yeah. this is podcasting. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that should be uh, a sweet event. I'm looking forward to that. Um, we need to get our uh, plane tickets in. Uh, Pat, I think we're going to do an Airbnb. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Party house. Get another big house. Hell yeah. Let's do it. Man, so the Is last time from the West Coast coming too. I think so. I don't know. I don't know. Well, so if people, we, we should probably start that up on the uh, Facebook page, start a little thread yeah. for everyone going, and uh, we could definitely organize some, some uh, dinners. Only cool people in the house, though. We can do dinners with everyone, but only cool people in the house. Oh, where are you going to stay, the, then? That's that's the rule. <laughs> I'll just sleep in your car. It's fine. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so the last time I played paper, I did go to... I went to Atlanta, and I did horribly. It was like 3-3 three, three drop or something. And I just I just realized, like, how much I miss in paper. Like, I it's... There's so much going on. I think it's way harder to just evaluate the whole battlefield and to pay attention to how many cards are in the guy's hand and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like all that information is just there for you online. It's you right. can look at your hand and look at life totals and look at his hand all at the same time in graveyards. I feel like that my facial expressions probably give 
a million things away in paper because online, I mean, I'm cursing at the screen. I'm like raising my eyebrows, like stuff that people never see. But then <laughs> the guy across the table in paper is seeing this stuff. So I don't know. I'm terrible at paper, but I'm going to go to this 20K and we're going to see what happens. <laughs> he, he was also a nerve that you weren't wearing pants because you're not used to wearing pants when, when you're playing I'm Magic naked Online. playing Moto every day. <laughs> That was off I, uh, I just, I just, <laughs> I just wear a full on like uh, Jason Voorhees hockey mask, so no one can read my expressions when I play. <laughs> but that's <laughs> that's the goal, and that might just be me because like a lot of online grinders do really well. Like I know that like Eric Landon, who you know he streams every day, but he like top thirty two Atlanta, and I think he top sixteen uh, the one that was over in Europe, Bologna. So mm-hmm. like you know a lot of online guys don't have the same issues, I guess, that I do. But I know that when I talk to a lot of other people, like the differences between Moto. And paper, it's like you have to work yourself into a different mindset, I think, when you're playing paper. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, also, uh, for me, the biggest thing is the tools. Like, I, when I've gone from a stretch of only playing Magic Online for a while, and then I sit down in a paper tournament, I find myself making so many mechanical errors and just, like, dumb mistakes I wouldn't normally do. And you do kind of get coddled with Magic Online. Like, even something as simple as the snipping tool. Like, mm-hmm. when you duress your opponent, you, you know, get your snipping tool, take a snippet of their hand, and drag it out to the side. Now you have, like, a full representation of their hand right then and there. Yeah, I was so intent on fetching to shuffle on one of my turns that I, I just didn't even grab a land. It was just like, I fetched, I shuffled, <laughs> I put my deck down. And it's like two turns later, I'm just like, wait a second, I should have three lands right now. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> what is wrong with me? Yep. <laughs> Shit happens. Those things do happen. Man. So anyway, yeah, this thing is coming up on January 5th. Let's get... Um, and I think like... I, I, I don't know. So the the winner of this is going to go to the Pro Tour. I'm not even sure how Magic deals with that. Like, do they call you up? Like, do they have my information? Like, I've just never even, like, thought about, like, Magic trying to contact people for something like a Pro Tour invite. I don't know. But yeah, I think the whole I'm process, sure. I think this was a really successful tournament series. It's something that, like you said, it was new that they did. Um, the fact that 200 people were playing in these quarterly, every quarter on these tournaments, I think is a is a success. Like there were, that's a really high rate of players. That's probably like almost every magic online player is, <laughs> was in these tournaments. <laughs> and now we get a, a decent like prize for it. I don't really know what they're doing next year. I guess I haven't heard if they're repeating this, but in the meantime, they're still just doing the, the challenges every weekend. So I feel like Moto, you know, everyone was worried that Moto was going to die with the creation of arena and, and I just don't think we've gotten to that point. Like, I'm just not worried about my collection, and I'm not worried about the amount of games and tournaments that I can find online. Yeah, I think that's very overblown with the everyone freaking out and things are going away and they weren't going to be able to play their stuff. Because, I mean, we've seen that there is lots of opportunities out there to play with these cards. Yeah, they just kind of revamped everything again where there's never going to be a another mocks of some kind. And a lot of this is so confusing. Every time they have an announcement, it's like 30 pages and they have flow charts and nobody can understand what's going on. But I think that as it begins, like you start to understand and it's just, it's really just an opportunity of more times to play and you can't fault that. Yeah, for sure. I think everyone, it it's a very emotional thing. People have a lot of not only money, but time and uh, emotions wrapped up in this game. And when you kind of threaten that, it's natural for people to panic. It's almost a blessing that like Arena doesn't have the older cards because then Moto is still the only place you can go for modern and legacy and vintage. And they're still throwing us a bone by having those tournaments and PTQs in those formats. So even if GPs go away, which that would be a shame, but if we don't get a legacy GP in 2020... There's like people just shouldn't panic and there's still tournaments online and there's plenty of players to come uh, out there to play with. So, yeah, come battle, like make a moto account. If you if you're listener, if you're listening out there and you play once a week on Fridays at your local game store, but you wish that you could play more legacy. There is just always a match online. The leagues are always full. The community is great. And I I think everyone's just having a good time with it. 
I've never waited, had to wait more than a minute and a half to find a match. And that's at like 3 a.m. on a Tuesday when I should really be asleep. But instead of trying <laughs> to find an opponent, I've been able to find an opponent in Legacy in, in like um, uh, under two minutes. And it's You know, doubling your collection is a little daunting. You're like, I got all these cards and paper. Like now I have to buy them online. Rent, and I guess rental services. There's rental either, services, there's either rental services out there. But I mean, I would almost tell people like, I mean, the answer is yes. Just double your collection. Like throw three hundred, four hundred dollars in there, and then you can just grind the same deck. And as long as you're over like a fifty-two percent win rate or something, like you make money on Moto. Like I think the break-even point for leagues is if you're like a fifty-two percent winner, then you're infinite. So it's not even that difficult to be infinite as long as you're just not wasting your money on other decks that you're selling back. Or like, if you're someone like me who can just grind delver forever then you can then you can hop online and you can make it something that you're not like losing money at yeah or if you're someone who wants to play a different deck every week like for me i've gotten to the point where in paper i play sneak and show like Mm -hmm. that is what i play that's what i want to play at tournaments that's what i want to be very competitive with but when i play online i'll play a different deck every time and so i came to the conclusion that what made the most sense for me was to do rental service so i actually sold my magic online collection and for 35 bucks a month i use mana traders and i can play any deck i want whenever i want and i just use their rental service to sleeve up a new deck and try the flavor of the week and and for those reasons, I am not 52% on Magic Online <laughs> because <laughs> I am playing lots and lots of just brews on there. Uh, but I still have a lot of fun. And, you know, for the price of like some streaming service, I can play all the legacy I want. Yeah. And it's also a great way just to just to test decks if you want to buy them in paper. Like I've definitely tried some decks online that I don't have the real cards for. And if I liked it well enough, I'll go to TCG and order up the whole deck or something. But like you can at least give it like a test run. Yeah, for sure. And if you really like burning money, then you can go play cube and you can lose all of your play points (laughs) in like a weekend. Can I talk about something? (laughs) And you can wonder what the fuck just happened. I'm feeling personally attacked right now. <laughs> I added money to the Magic Online for the first time in like I want to say six months, and it's one hundred percent because of the Magic Online Cube. God, man, no, I'm right with you on that. Like, I'll, I'll like build up a nice little play point pile, and then I just like set it on fire playing cubes because like, I love cubes. That's what me and my boys do. Like, my local players here, we have a great Legacy Cube, and we get together like once a month or so. It used to be more. But now we all have kids and stuff, so it's difficult to get together. But when we do, we have, like, a very good legacy cube. And, like, I've always loved cubing. So when these come around online, I'm all over it. But it's so hard to, like, actually go infinite on these cubes. And, like, maybe they need to change the payouts or something because, like – if you win two out of three, you get your you break back. even. Oh my god! Like, yeah, <laughs> it's rough. Yeah, I'm like two wanting and one twoing everything, and then you're just a slow bleed, and you just can, suddenly you have no play points, and you're like, oh. <laughs> uh, also, I want. Have you had this experience? I feel like I have not enjoyed this season's holiday cube as much. Well, you know what? It's, it's I, they tweaked it a little bit, right? At least there's a little bit less like aggro. I haven't seen like mono red or mono white as much. At least it's. I, I feel with all the new cards it's just everything's much more fair and everything is much more mid-rangey mm. and that like that's not why i play the holiday cube the reason why i play the holiday cube is because it's the powered cube with all the power nine and you can do all these busted stuff and it feels like they really muted the the combo-y decks and really buffed the mid-range decks and it feels just a little too much like the modern cube but yeah. with power nine yeah I, I could believe that and i think you might be right i'm not sure exactly what they cut for some of these newer cards but uh even when I find a like a mox or something, it just feels like it's a piece of ramp. It's not, yeah, it's not doing anything that's like completely insane, right? They they like seriously nerfed Reanimator and they seriously nerfed uh, Storm. Mm. From my experience, it's much more difficult uh, to have a functioning Storm deck, and there's not nearly as many Reanimate effects this time around. It's nice that at least they're tweaking it, so it's new every time you're doing something different. Like so, when the Holiday Cube comes around next year. There might be, I mean, maybe they'll go back or maybe they'll add even newer cards that makes it even more busted. Who knows? I'm glad that they have like a cube curator who is paying attention to this kind of stuff. Yeah, that is true. I'm just uh, going to slip them a $50 bill to make uh, the combo decks better next year. <laughs> I just want to draft a Black Lotus one time. Like, how come I have not seen it in like... Dude, I got past a Black Lotus the other day, <laughs> and I sat there for the full like minute and a half for like you have on the clock to pick. I'm like... 
what the hell did they take over Black Lotus? Uh, let me think. <laughs> it's got to be like Soul Ring, right? Soul Ring's that, like a yeah, that, pick one. Like that. That's the only thing. Like it, my I, my decisions were it was either Soul Ring, Mana Crypt, or. or or they picked really fast and didn't see the black lotus. <laughs> <laughs> they like they're just like, oh, Jace. Yeah, I'll take that one. <laughs> and you know what? That's completely viable. How many times is, do you like take one pass and you're like, oh, this? And then afterwards you're like, oh no, <laughs> there was a recall. What am I doing? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, speaking of my favorite, uh, my favorite deck to draft on the cube is the blue green. Just Snapcaster Mage, Recall, uh, Regrowth, and Time Walk. And it's just like, I'm just going to cycle these Cryptic Command, uh, Cryptic Command, just like buy, buy them all back. It's, it's great. Yeah. I feel like you can force blue green in the cube and you'll probably will 2 1 everything. Cause between all the Signets and a bunch of the Mana Dorks, like if you, and, and obviously the Moxes and things too, you can just ramp into ridiculous like four and five drops and that's pretty powerful. But luckily, like I feel like the modern cube and stuff is all about the Planeswalkers. And this one, like you said, it's a little more mid-rangey, but I like make a purpose sometimes to not draft any Planeswalkers and see where we get. And you can still do some awesome stuff at least. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Man, I love Cube so much. <laughs> I just don't I don't get it. I don't get the allure, but I don't like drafting that much either, so that's probably why. That's the thing is like cube is like seventy five percent about drafting your deck and then you play the games because you want to get your money back. Like that's yeah. how I that's how I approach cube. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, what is my Alright, so I used to think that Whisperwood Elemental was like the most busted card. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean maybe not in the power cube, but even still. That, that's the that's the manifest one? Yeah, I feel like I can never beat a Whisperwood. <laughs> like as soon as someone casts Whisperwood, there's infinite tutus. <laughs> The new one this year, my favorite card this year is that Biogenic Ooze. Like, I feel like I can never lose oh, if I yeah. if I resolve Biogenic Ooze. Like, it's game over. <laughs> uh, for me, it's uh, Splinter Twin. Whenever I draft the Splinter Twin combo, I just can't lose. Like, people just don't have answers for that in Cube, it feels like. And <laughs> yet, you still find Pestermites and Deceiver Exarchs pretty easily. Yeah, they get passed all the time. Yeah, I guess like, that's true. So <laughs> clearly I haven't been playing much legacy lately. Cause I just been playing <laughs> nonstop. <but okay. clears throat> well, <laughs> actually, right. so it's, uh, the, the other day I'm just like, man, why, why isn't it letting me join this queue? What's going on? I'm like, Oh, it's cause I'm out of play points and I'm out of tickets. I need to <laughs> 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 bring out the credit card. Otherwise it won't let me play. If you play, <laughs> just, if you, you play legacy right now, we, anyway, you're just going to see a whole bunch of snow control, a whole bunch of, you know, storm is big for a while, but then, Everyone started playing Veil. So, like, I'm, like you know, Cyrus won uh, GP Atlanta, and people were like, whoa, Storm is back on the map. But for some reason, like, the Rug Delver decks during that meta were not playing Veil. And now, like, mm. everyone's playing Veil. So Storm is almost unplayable, which is kind of why the Epic Storm has changed to where, like, Veil isn't even really that effective against them. Like, they're not even playing Discard anymore. Dude, Legacy is changing almost every couple weeks to where it's so hard to keep up. Like, these cards are so powerful nowadays, which is crazy because the old cards should be the powerful cards. And now it's this mixture that, like, I, I don't know I don't know where it's going to be even when this tournament comes up. But I'm fairly certain there's going to be some Hogak, some Bant Control, and a lot of Delvers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's basically going to get to the point where it's just modern cards and dual lands, and dual lands are the only carryovers. That might be true, and that's a shame because if they could somehow have legacy without the duels, or if they could have, if they could reprint these duels, then legacy would be in a great spot. It might just be the duels holding like the entire format back. Oh, one hundred percent. It's always been about yeah. the duels. But that's the beauty of Magic Online. They can reprint the duels, and they do pretty frequently. Like, they do flashbacks, and, you know, uh, just the other day, they were doing the, uh, what is it, Masters Series drafts, which was the sets that first introduced dual lands onto Magic Online, so you could draft those and actually keep the cards you drafted. So, I mean, that's also another way. If you if you like drafting and you want to get into Legacy on Magic Online, keep an eye out for those drafts. They only do them about, like, I want to say maybe once or twice a year, but not much better feeling than uh, drafting an underground sea for your collection. <laughs> I mean, you can you can buy Volcanic for like what seven tickets, eight tickets maybe online nowadays. Yeah, like like I said, if you're ever looking for Legacy, 
online just might end up being the last place to do it. But at the same time, we got people putting on tournaments for 20K. So there are a lot of fans out there. Hell yeah. So what's your what's your approach going to be like? So compared to the Magic Online Legacy Finals and the St. Louis 20K, uh, how are you approaching your deck list different? Are you just not even thinking about the St. Louis tournament yet? Yeah, I'm, I you have to like put that on the back burner when you're preparing for something. You know, there, it's very limited that I get to prepare for something kind of like this. So I'm giving it all my attention and I am looking at these 40 people and and that's kind of it. So even if you find me in a league right now, I'm probably testing a deck that is tailored towards this tournament. So if it's, and if it's a matchup to where it's where I don't even expect it to be in this tournament, like I might just scoop early or something. I don't know. Like, I feel like to answer your question, I'm, I'm basically only focusing about this 40 man right now. Yeah, No worries. Well, uh, we'll just have to talk to you again at the uh, St. Louis tournament. Maybe we'll do a live episode, you know. Then oh, there. yeah, I was actually thinking about that. Uh, we'll, we'll we have to do one. If not live, we'll do like you know an on-site episode. It'll be yeah, fun. that'll be sweet. When I hop on and and I'm like online legacy champion Lewis CBR, and we, can, <laughs> and we can talk about how I crushed all these people and <laughs> proved all the naysayers wrong, then. It'll be retribution and amazing. And you won't you won't be in the O three sandwich bracket with me. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, oh, it isn't. No, it's a paper tournament. See, I'll just be marching around like like I'm a hot shit because I won this online tournament, and then I'm gonna O three drop this paper tournament, and <laughs> we can go get some subs or something. Love it. <laughs> but there's got to be some good barbecue down there. I'm, I'm excited for it. It's gonna be a good time. All right, Jerry. Do we want to get into some scoops and poops? Some scoops. Yeah, I haven't talked much tonight, but my voice is just about gone. So, um, yeah, let's get into some scoops and poops. Jerry, who are you scooping in the top eight this week? Oh, for people to scoop in the top eight, I got to scoop in my boy Josh because he is he's going the mile, Pat. He's going the distance. Uh, he's putting in a ton of work, and uh, I'm hoping you've had to him get on. Some... You've, you've talked about him a couple times now. We should have him on again. We should, we should, because last time we uh, he was coming on, he was talking about starting up his new, uh, 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 I'm blanking on it, but like YouTube channel, Twitch yeah, streaming yeah, yeah. thing, uh, where he just plays different combo decks, and uh, yeah, it'd be good to get him back on to talk about uh, what he's playing right now, because yeah. right now he's like bouncing back and forth between Infect, Allurin, uh, Reanimator's an old standby for him too, but yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of fun to be had out there. Nice, nice. Anyone else? Anything else? Uh, that's it. That's all my scoops. Any for poops this week? this week? Uh, getting sick. Just uh, yeah. you know, get get those flu shots, guys. It uh, it sucks. Yeah, it's rough. It's I was we were, I was talking to Lewis uh, in the pre-show, and I'm like, man, like children are just like a Trojan horse of of diseases. It's awful. Oh yeah. When I, I went to I went to my family Christmas, and my niece sneezed in my eyeball. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was sick the next day. Go figure. <laughs> and tomorrow you will die. Sick. Yeah. That is awesome. Like, I, yeah, I've I've been sick the last couple of days because uh yeah, that's what kids do. <laughs> that's awesome. Um how about how about you, Lewis? Who you want to scoop in the top eight this week? Uh so we've talked about it a lot, but let's scoop in this I don't even know his last name, but the, I think his first name is Jeremy, and he's putting on this twenty thousand dollar tournament where yeah. that is the entire entry fee. So it's capped at two hundred people, it's a hundred dollar buy-in, which is steep. But whatever, that's $20,000 of the entire prize pool is being paid out. So he is paying out of pocket for venue and for judges and whatever else that needs to be done just because he's a fan of Legacy. And that's exactly what this community needs. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't uh, say that any better. Jeremy's a friend of ours. He's been on the podcast a couple times. And uh, he's an awesome guy. I think, he, I think they're actually even giving away... A piece of power as a door prize. I yeah, think. Yeah. I mean, don't quote me on that, but I, I feel like I've heard that. So he, he's awesome. He, he's um, uh, someone who was. I guess you know his plan was to completely step away from vending in in 2020, and he was doing grab bags for a while. They became such a smash hit that he decided to, he, you know, the old uh, as soon as I get out, they pull me back in thing, and uh, and yeah, so he's organizing a bunch of events in 2020. So and and I've never been to one, but I always hear great things about him. So I'm excited. Yeah, this has been like this has been like the talk of the legacy community in the last couple weeks, maybe the last month. Whenever it was announced, like 
everyone's just being like, are you going to the 20K? Are you going to the 20K? Like, it's better than a GP. This is this might be the legacy event of the year, except that I heard that there might be a 40K that he's putting on yes. in like October yep. or something. So yep. hold your breath for that, but it would be amazing. Honestly, yeah. it's 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 better than G- it's like it's the new Eternal Weekend. Yeah. Like, I think it's it also a, just a a better experience as far as like value wise, and that I think is what really draws in the players. Yeah, you're like not you paid said. out by store credit, or you're yeah, like half the fee isn't going to someone's pocket. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, any poops? Um, so, I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked about it a million times in your podcast, but let's poop on Wizards for 2019. You know what I've you know what I've never heard someone say is hey we need a better baleful strix like what the fuck is Ice Fang Coatl doing in this meta now I have to attack into a strix with flash like what were they thinking and I hate yeah. that card and I lose to it constantly <laughs> uh, did 2019 also bring us the Vancouver Mulligan it did uh, yeah. the, the London Mulligan the- yeah. No, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. London Mulligan. London Mulligan. Yeah. Van- so, like, not only did they wild. just print a bunch of busted cards, then they, like, changed the way that you can find those busted cards. Oh, man. Strix was so annoying even before Ice Fang Coatl. <laughs> and now it has Flash. Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why everyone thinks I have a direct line to Gavin, guys. I don't have, like, uh, the, the two cans of string oh, tied between them uh, across, the, across the country. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right. Me. So, we're pooping. We're pooping on full coatl. Um, scoops me. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna scoop in uh, the Rise of Skywalker. I enjoyed the movie. It's a bad movie. Uh, no, no, I shouldn't say it's a bad movie. I think uh, it is a I, poorly I lis- written movie. Yeah, I listened to a really great kind of uh, analysis of the film uh, this week, and it was like it was spot on with why I, I left the theater thinking like. I liked it, but and I couldn't put my finger on why. And this this is a pretty a good spot on uh, kind of breakdown of the film. So shout out to the Spike feed for that. Um, it's a good uh, movie. It's a bad film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm a Star Wars like fanboy. So pretty much anything they do, I'm gonna enjoy it to an, to some degree. Um, and uh, yeah, there was some there was some really great points in that movie. Um, but anyway, we're not gonna get into a discussion on that. We will. Uh, We'll have a Star Wars cast. We'll I thought have a Star that, Wars like, cast soon. the only thing that I had a problem with Star Wars is that I feel like it was a slight wasted opportunity. It's like you have Disney that's telling you, we're going to give you a bazillion dollars to go make a new Star Wars movie. And it just felt like it's the, it's the same story. Like, imagine if they, like, did The Mandalorian as, like, a three-part movie instead. People right. would flip their shit because it's a new story. It's a I- new plot line. Baby Yoda would have been crazy. But instead, J.J. Abrams just does the same exact story over. So I, you know what? uh, Thankfully, John Favreau is doing the new trilogy. I'm going to rip this line from from the the cast I mentioned previously. That was that J.J. Abrams is someone who cares a lot about what people say, and Ryan Johnson doesn't. And those and that kind of like the way that the 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 Last Jedi was kind of subversive to the whole Star Wars, uh, like the episodic universe or the episodic like structure. Um, they kind of went the opposite way with the last guy, the Rise of Skywalker. So, if that maybe makes sense, a, like it wasn't a good bridge movie for the other two. I don't know, maybe right. Yeah, I, I think. Well, yeah, it's so. I mean, we don't have to get into it because yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we're not. Going we're starting to, a new podcast right now. It's, yeah, uh, we'll start a new. We'll do a new. I, <laughs> I want to do Gavin a Star on. Wars podcast. I really do, but uh, uh, Gavin, another, another, Gavin another said day. he's coming on for our Star Wars review podcast. Oh, sick. <laughs> Sick. All right, and I'll, well, I'll just I'll, and during that, um, at the end, I'm just going to scream about magic in 2019. It'll be fun. Um, that podcast is going to have so much arguing and so much yelling and so much. <laughs> It'll be great. Uh, um, other scoops. I'm going to give a scoop into my cousin Chris. He uh, he sent me down a, ba- a bass guitar he was no longer using and an amp and a bunch of other accessories because uh, he just doesn't have enough room in his house for him. And so uh, I got a sweet new little bass in the in my uh, my office area here that I was messing with earlier, and uh, it's actually it's like a like a very low end like starter bass, but it's, it sounds pretty good, and uh, I'm excited to start playing bass again. So that, that was awesome, and I got no poops this week, man. I hope everyone has a great had a great holiday and is uh, enjoying a great New Year's, and uh, yeah, and and that's it, man. That's all I got. Slap slap at the bass, slap at the bass, man. Um, all right, well, Lewis, uh, where can people find you on Twitch and uh, Twitter and all that stuff? Uh, you know, I'm still probably the last person in the world that hasn't joined Twitter. It's just, it's not something that I wanted to 
<laughs> it just feels like it's nothing but arguing. And I, already, not, I get into enough arguments as it is that I don't think I need to add like another layer of arguments onto my other arguments. So you can't find me on Twitter. Um, you can find me on Twitch. I do have a Lewis CBR channel. I haven't been able to stream as much as I would like to, but I'll still do it once a month or so. It's Delver Dex. Uh, we listen to some music and hopefully people have fun. So just uh, look for Lewis CBR on Twitch and and say hi. Awesome. Um, all right, you can find Jerry at JME3RD. You can find me at Pat Uglo. The stream is twitch.tv slash leaving a legacy. Uh, the uh, Twitter handle for the podcast is at LALMTG. You can find us on Patreon, find us on Hipsters, join the Facebook group. You can email us, leaving a legacy at hipstersofthecoast.com. And of course, special thanks to Justin Lutz. He's our audio tech, our sound engineer. And uh, you know what was really nice of him was uh, for Christmas Eve, he came by and he baked me my batch of cookies to leave out for Santa. So that was really what? nice of him. Yeah, <laughs> Personal cookie making. Yeah, he, he wow. knew I was, I was kind of stressed out. You know, I didn't have a lot of time to make cookies. And he, he came by and he, he made some beautiful ginger snaps for us to leave out for Santa. So shout out to Justin he, for that. He made you cookies. All he did was come over and stuff my stockings and leave. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm I'm not even. Uh, all right, we're gonna leave that innuendo there. And, uh, What's an innuendo? <laughs> um, I'm sure your stockings were thoroughly stuffed, Jerry. Awesome. All right, guys, we're gonna catch you all uh, in 2020, the year of the merit lage, and uh, we love you all, and uh, we'll catch you all next week. Come on,